Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hour two of the Nightcap here on VSIN, and this just in. The Golden State Warriors have made a three-pointer. <laughs> One for 16 from three. Stuff 11 turnovers. It is 35 to 31 with 3.23 to go in the first half. The total right now at DraftKings, 196 and a half. That is down 26 points from the closing line. More importantly, they're losing. They are losing. With no John Morant. Like, no what's John going Morant. on? The NBA is all upside down. Whew. All over the place. And uh, we saw a great game earlier tonight. Let's talk about that one. We bring on Nick Whalen from RotoWire, senior uh, senior uh, NBA editor, I should say, uh, over there at RotoWire. Uh, let's get to that Bucks uh, Celtics game. For a second consecutive uh, game in this series in Milwaukee, we saw the Bucks. Play great in the third quarter and then fall apart in the fourth. Now in game three, Nick, of course, they held on to win, but tonight wasn't the case. What has been going on, I guess, start negatively with the Bucks in these fourth quarters? Why have they been falling and blowing these leads? Yeah, well, it's tough to say, but this was, I think, even more striking than what we've seen at any point earlier in this series. I mean, 43 to 28 in the final period of this game. And like you said, it felt like Milwaukee took control really a few times where, you know, they had everything going offensively. Giannis went on that individual run in the third quarter. And, you know, all of a sudden you'd look at the score graphic in the bottom right and it would feel like Milwaukee should be up 20 points and they're only up six because they would get a score and they couldn't get a stop on the other end. You know, I thought defensively, they really struggled tonight switching on the perimeter. There was a lot of confusion between the guards a couple of times where it looked like, you know, George Hill or Drew Holiday didn't know who was going to pick up Marcus Smart. He just walks to the basket for a layup. So for as much as the offense got bogged down late in this game, I, I think the bigger issue is you gave up 43 points to a Celtics team that really outside of Al, Al Horford was struggling to get any offense going of its own tonight. So it, it's really tough to say. I mean, I, I think the big thing here, and it's easy to forget when you watch these games, is that the Bucs are missing Chris Middleton. You know, I know he's not a you know top 10, top 15, big name guy, but it's a big, big deal. And it's especially a big deal in those minutes when Giannis is not on the floor. I mean, Giannis was a plus one in this game in 41 minutes that a game Milwaukee lost by eight points. 
And I think not having that secondary score on a night when Drew Holiday goes five of 22 from the field, uh, the solution is not just give Drew Holiday all of Chris Middleton's shots. I think that's the biggest the biggest problem right now is, you know, if, if the if the option is just have Giannis and Holiday run the entire offense themselves, one of those guys can't be going five of 22 from the field. You know, it's interesting, Nick. I'm not as upset with uh, James Harden's slow-mo little brother, uh, Drew Holiday. He plays, like, in slow motion, <laughs> like he's just going through the layup line. But I felt like this would be, like, a competitive, even series, you know, especially when Chris Middleton went out. Because as I was mentioning, he's the other guy with length on Milwaukee's team who can get his own shot in one-on-one situations. So this one doesn't surprise me. When I look around the rest of the league – I'm kind of baffled at who to actually get mad at. I mean, Golden State's got Otto Porter and Andrew Wiggins running around and Memphis is Dylan Brooks. And I'm basically getting to the point I feel lost. Like, where's the stars? Like, I know they are home watching, but, man, this is some bad basketball at times. It really is. It really is. And you you guys referenced that that Grizzlies-Warriors game that we're keeping an eye on right now. I mean, it's – it's been ugly. It's been ugly. And and there are stars, you know, out and about in this league. But, you know, LeBron James didn't make the playoffs. Anthony Davis didn't make the playoffs. Kevin Durant out in four games. Um, you know, James Harden's still in it with Philly, but his whole situation's been in limbo. Kyrie Irving's out. I think part of it, too, guys, is that we've had some pretty major injuries this season. You know, Kawhi Leonard and Damian Lillard are guys that we're used to seeing for at least a round or two, if not more, in these NBA playoffs. And, you know, those guys were basically out the entire season. That wiped out the Clippers season. That takes Paul George out of the mix. Uh, by the time you get to the second round, yeah, you start to eliminate stars. But I, I think you're right, Sean. Normally, it does feel like we have you know bigger battles night to night than Otto Porter going up against Dylan Brooks, uh, like we're watching right now. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a chance to reset right here, Nick. So we want to reset. A lot of these series are two-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, people thought it was Phoenix going to run away with it. Now they're two-two with Dallas. Give me the Western and Eastern representative in this year's NBA Finals. I'm sticking with what I've gone with the entire season. And for one of these teams, there's been a lot of ups and downs. And for one of them, until very recently, it's been smooth sailing. But I, I think we're getting a Bucks suns rematch. And, and these last two days have, have been a significant hit to that prediction, uh, with Phoenix taking a, a really ugly loss, a, a bizarre loss in a number of ways uh, in that game yesterday, which, which maybe we'll have time to hit on. Uh, and the Bucks, of course, you know, falling back to 2-2 after having a really good chance to go up 3-1. But to me, these are still the teams with the highest floor night to night. Um, obviously, we're, you know, we have to account for the, the loss of Chris Middleton. Maybe that could knock things uh, out of whack for Milwaukee. But I think if Chris Middleton is able to return even for like game six or a game seven in this series, that would be a massive boost. Um, and, and to me, I think Milwaukee, I would pick Milwaukee over Philly or Miami. I, I don't know if I could quite get there with Boston, uh, even if they get past Milwaukee. Uh, to me, Boston, Philly, and Miami are all on a, a closer level. Uh, but then in the West, you know, Phoenix is that team that, despite taking these two straight losses to Dallas, we have to remember how consistent they've been all season. They were bar none the best team in the NBA by far for 82 games. They were the best team in the Western Conference last year. Uh, I think at some point they're going to get their act together, and that's going to shine through. We're talking once again to Nick Whalen from uh, Rotowire at Whalen. You can uh, replace the L with the number one. W-H-A-1-E-N on Twitter. Nick, tomorrow Dallas and Phoenix reconvene. Phoenix is laying six at home. Uh, Chris Paul, really terrible performance in game three. Uh, Very questionable foul calls, in my opinion, yesterday that led to him getting 
you know, uh, mm-hmm. disqualified, and then the whole situation happening with his family. So, yeah, you, you, you're. I'm curious what Chris Paul is going to show up tomorrow. Is this a situation like we've seen in in recent pasts in the NBA, where the Suns just come out as the motivated team and put it on Dallas? So, do you see that coming tomorrow night? I, I don't know that it's going to be a, a full uh, putting on, if you will. But I, I like Phoenix to win this game, and I like them to cover. I, I think Dallas. You got to give Dallas credit. You know, I, I think some of these these games that they've had throughout the playoffs and, and Sunday was probably the crown jewel of them all have been a little bit fluky. You know, the way Chris Paul was officiated in that game was nothing short of bizarre. I mean, he, he kind of looked like he was in a daze in the second half. He just didn't even know like what he was able to do. Um, the Suns turned it over 17 times. They only hit nine threes. Meanwhile, Dallas hits 23s. Dorian Finney Smith has the game of his life and they only win that game by 10, you know? So it, it felt like, I think more of a domination than it really was like everything went wrong for Phoenix and Dallas still didn't really win all that comfortably. So that still tells me that, you know, if, if we get even an average game from Chris Paul, even an average game from the Sun supporting cast, if some of the shooters start to knock down open threes, I do think Phoenix is going to be just fine here. Nick, I'm going to ask you a question. And I don't think I'm insane, but I want you to confirm <laughs> that this is a rational thought process. Okay. The 76ers, you and your Sixers. If I look at resumes, right now, they probably have the resume that makes the most sense. I know Embiid was out the first two games. People kind of maybe disenfranchised by the fact they couldn't put away the Raptors sooner than they did. But when you look at it, Tobias Harris is the fourth leading scorer right now. He's averaging almost 18 points a game. With the way Maxi has emerged, if James Harden can just give two or three games a series like he did yesterday with the big fella back. Am I crazy to think that the 76ers could be in the NBA championship? I think you're just short of crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I think what's statistically uh, improbable, I guess, rather than crazy, is James Harden having enough of those games to push Philly all the way there, right? I mean, I think the Harden that we saw in game three is, or excuse me, game four, is exactly the James Harden that Philly's been wanting. You know, you don't necessarily need him taking 25 shots when Joel Embiid is back in the lineup, but you need him playing efficiently, you need him getting to the hole, you need him driving and kicking, you need him playing as confidently. That was, I think that was the most confident we've seen James Harden look really at any point this season, uh, certainly at any point in the playoffs. But his track record implies that this is just kind of a one-game thing for him, right? Like, we're, we're yet to see him do this over the course of a series, let alone, you know, the two-plus series. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast that we're talking about now to get all the way to the NBA Finals and, and win the NBA Finals. So 
I, I like James Harden. He's somebody I've rooted for throughout my career. It's just, if you're talking, you know, putting money on James Harden in a playoff series, you know, right now there's a reason that despite being tied 2-2 in this series, there's a reason that at DraftKings, the Philadelphia 76ers are 16-1 to to win the title, whereas a team like Milwaukee is down at plus 750. I may or may not already have a ticket, so uh, I don't feel better because you said uh... – <laughs> But I'm just looking at it like I think superstar players have to find ways to continually get motivated. I think the fact that Jokic actually was announced as MVP today puts an even hotter fire under Joel Embiid. And I'm just looking around and Milwaukee without Middleton, Boston, I think, still has to lose in the Eastern Conference Finals before they actually go all the way. And I mean, if I didn't think that the Sexers could beat the Heat, I wouldn't even be involved. So... We'll see. I hope I'm right. You don't sound like you're too optimistic, but hey, I won't hold it against you because I asked for the truth. You just better hope that James Harden's, uh, you know, being chaperoned. I'm not a huge James Harden fan, but I just need him for a couple games. By the way, Calgary's finally scored. It took five (laughs) on three, but they scored. We're sweating hockey, Nick. (laughs) Hey, Nick. I I can tell. I can tell. (laughs) Hey, Nick, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate the insight. And maybe uh, I think the three of us might be able to shoot better than what we saw in the first half of that Warriors uh, Warriors Grizz game. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, I like our chances, guys. Thanks for having me. There Let's go is. Sixers. Nick Whalen at Whalen <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, replace the L with the number one. Halftime in the Bay Area. Sean, it's 41 to 38. Yeah, I'm just watching the Flames and the Stars. I need Three, another goal. The first half total was 108. They scored 79 points. Some thoughts on what we just witnessed in the first half and a little football nuggets on the other side. Sick rounds tonight, Kevin. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Can I, can I have, you ever eat something and oops, don't know what it was? Like I'm some, glad you were joking. Some, like some old sushi. That's what it feels like watching Memphis and Golden State at the half. It is 41 to 38. <laughs> Memphis with the lead, Sean. The two teams combined to shoot six for 40 from three. Uh, that is not very good. That would be 15%. That sounds like one of your season stat lines when you're in high school. Uh, I actually shot well in high school, thank you very much. College, not so much. Yeah. The pre flop first half total was 108. It went under by 20, <laughs> 29 points. What a disgusting first half. Back Memphis backers out there, congrats. That was a no-sweat first half cover. I'm glad they're missing all these shots, man. Shout out to the old school big men. These two teams without a real center. They deserve to, to not be there. Steven Adams down there. I'm so tired of seeing guys drive to the basket and, and pump fake a layup to kick out for a three-pointer. Good. Well, let's uh, let's get Luke Longley and Rick Smiths back in uh, back in the NBA. Let's uh, that'd be exciting times. I'm okay with the current state of the game. I, that's you. Speak for yourself. I'm more old school. Than Do you, you like John Morant? Yeah, I love John Morant. Yeah, okay. He'd be better if they had a Moses Malone or somebody down in center. No, he wouldn't. Yeah, the cap. 
I'm watching Winning Time right Kareem now. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's right. I'm watching Winning Time right now. All about the cap. Right. El Capitone. You good? Yeah. Okay. 6'10", guy drives to the hole. He got a layup. He kicks it out for a three-pointer. They deserve to miss shots. And that's that's your beloved 76ers last year against the Atlanta Hawks. First of all, 40, you bring up old stuff. 41-38 to 38 halftime score. Memphis leading at the break. Uh, Steph Curry. One of six from three, Clay Thompson, 0 of six, Jordan Poole, 0 for two. So the sharpshooters combined one for 14. So here's the question, Sean. Would you bet over second half? The line here at Circa just ticked down to 113 and a half. I wouldn't touch this game. I mean, the players don't seem too interested in it. So then as a gambler, why would I be interested in it? It is ugly, man. Yeah, they just out there like this is a regular Wednesday game during like the pre-All-Star break regular season. And I I hate when Memphis wears these fluorescent tights. This is the ugliest uniform I've seen in NBA history. Anything you got anything else there, old man? You wanna you wanna yell at the clouds? I want the old, I want the 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 back to the Basket center back. Maybe they put on some Chuck Taylors or something. They might remember how to knock down a jump shot. You know who has a uh, a, a classic center? Who? Utah. How are they doing? Oh, that's right. He's They're not gone. a classic center. Rudy Gobert, He's, he can't do anything. Come on, man. His offensive game is about as good as Taylor. And Luke Longley's offensive game was what? Hey, he knew how to run the triangle. Big man could pass. Mm-hmm. And right. Bill Wennington's offensive game was what? Hey, he won some Eric Montraz. You want me to keep going? Nope. Okay. Sean Bradley. How By the way, it, how Calgary scored. They had to go on a 5-1-3 to score, but it does count. Uh, Colorado took the lead, so we're trying to get the Avs home. Yeah. Good L- for you, close man. Close out this sweep. I'm not good. Yeah. No good for me yet. Let's. Uh, you have one on the puck line or just the – oh, you got the 4-0. I got, yeah. I got a money line of plus 140 essentially yeah. tonight. I'm trying I, to kill about half a, half a minute in literal game time of a power play over here in Calgary. So if you want to talk for a second – Wow, root Calgary hopefully through this without giving up a goal. Nothing I like more, Sean, than All right, I'm back. my co-host good job. Uh, we, hunting we, on a second. Yep, good job. There All right. Uh, hey, Nikola Jokic won MVP. That's a travesty. It's not. Nobody that watches basketball can tell me that Joel Embiid should not have been the NBA I would, regular season MVP. By so, the way, shout, well, out, well, shout out to Nikola Jokic because this is not a knock on him. He's an outstanding basketball player. So you said no one who watches basketball That's right. would vote for Nikola Jokic. No, should. And you and you watch how much regular season NBA? I watch a lot. Yeah? I yeah. think. Yeah, it took you took you a while there. Um, but uh here's a word to the wise. When the Tim Bonteps article comes out and it tells you that a hundred voters and about sixty plus percent of them were voting for Nikola Jokic. You should go bet Nikola Jokic. That was the day that the odds dropped right around April 1st. And sure enough, Nikola Jokic ends up winning the MVP. Um, We're going to do a little segment. Bogus. uh, Bottom of the hour about some long shots that we think, you know, in in honor of Rich Strike winning the Kentucky Derby. We're going to take a look at some long shots in football and see uh, what jumps at us. But speaking of football, Sean, I'm – I'm surprised it didn't take more of the headlines, but guess what? We got two more games. Two more games announced today. <laughs> I heard. It's week two, Monday Night Football. We're going to have a double header on Monday Night Football. Titans at Bills. This game will be at, I believe it will be 7-15 Eastern. And then Vikings at Eagles will be at 8-30 Eastern. 
So we will have a double header on Monday Night Football, week two. I know you know who loves this bookmakers. Spreads out the week. It's ridiculous. How do you know? How can you even pick a spread right now? Oh no, I'm saying, I'm saying, when it comes the time for this game to be played, they love it because now they got they got they got a spread up there. Would you bet anything? No. Why not? Come on, man. Come on. What are you? You gonna take the points with Kirk Cousins? First of all, football is a violent, physical game, so you don't bet pre-flop football. Things happen. Guys get hurt. Yeah, no pre-flop, meaning before OTAs, before training camp. Like, things happen injury-wise. Like, and the only reason this is getting rolled out so slow, I truly believe the NFL had a schedule already made. They had to redo the whole thing. Just think about it. Brady comes back. Uh, Deshaun Watson is in Cleveland. Matt Ryan's in Indy. Like, they had to redo the whole thing. Russell Wilson's in Denver. They got all the tricks. I give NFL credit. Hat tip. They got all the tricks. They know how to stay relevant. Schedule's coming out on Thursday. I'm sure we'll get more games announced tomorrow. So, like, so- why in the world would a September Monday double hit? It is June. What is it? May? May. It's May. Yep. Why would a, a, a two games in September matter? And yet it's headline news. Because that's the NFL. Baby. They're brilliant. They are brilliant. I'm giving credit. I'm so not hating either. We got I'm the international credit. games out. We've got... What a now, that makes sense. Now, putting the international games out, because you know, the travel's different. Somebody wants to go to Germany, I'm sure it's a lot cheaper to buy the ticket in May than it is, you know, not to know until They're announcing August. announcing the schedule on Thursday. It's not like they needed that I much know, but I'm just start. saying, if you're going to have international <laughs> games, I get it. But, I mean, come on, man. Like, randomly, oh, oh, you know what? Well, before we put the schedule out, we're going to let you guys know. We got two Monday night games. First Monday, September. Okay, yeah, okay, really. It's not hard to get to Philly. It's not hard to get to New York. But it's the NFL. Right. So I wanted, I wanted to point something out uh, about, let's see, who tweeted this out today? Oh, it was Adam Schefter tweeted this out. So he tweeted out the upcoming schedule, uh, travel, Nashville scored. God, put him away for the love of God. Who are you telling? Colorado. I'm over here saying the same thing to Calgary. Put him away Lord. for the love of God. Man. Do you think that helps when no. you're sweating the game? I don't think it does. It makes you feel better. It's not going to be easy. I mean, seriously, watching that garbage goal, unbelievable. Um, Schefter tweeted this out. So the Seahawks, keep in mind, the Seahawks have to travel to Berlin this year. But they have to travel (laughs) 29,946 miles. (laughs) They will in total go through 34 time zones. How about this? The Pittsburgh Steelers travel 6,442 miles and don't go to a different time zone. They stay in the Eastern time zone the entire year. Well, the NFL is trying to show off the top quarterback in this draft, Drew Locke. You didn't hear Pete Carroll say it? Drew Locke would have been the number one oh. rated quarterback in this draft. Oh, th- Probably been were, the first pick. I thought you were talking about Kenny Pickett. I'm no, like, oh. I'm talking about Drew Locke. So, I mean, you know, NFL wants to show off Drew Locke. He's got to go all over the place. He's got to go to Berlin. That's right. Worldwide. Why wouldn't you want to go to Berlin to see Drew it's Locke? It's good for Seattle. You get rid of Russell Wilson. You deserve to travel. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. So, let me ask you this about Pittsburgh. We're going to do a long shot segment here in just a little bit. I'm not saying Super Bowl or anything like that. Over-under wins for Pittsburgh. Remember, have not had a losing season in the Tomlin era. Mm-hmm. Seven and a half is where the over-under is. Mm-hmm. You've got that type of schedule. Essentially, no travel all year. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting for Pittsburgh this year? 
Because you like Mitch Trubisky. I do. Uh, I got to think. I got to sleep on this one a couple nights. Because, see, the one thing Pittsburgh hasn't had is a quarterback controversy. And this is why I kind of was against Kenny Pickett going there, especially as a first-round pick, because now the whole narrative is Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett, Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky has not earned a right to walk into a job ever. I don't think I said anything about anyone being a starter. I said the narrative is going to be those two being pitted against each other. So my point was going to be, before you interrupted me, which I do to you all the time, by the way, so I'm not mad, (laughs) is it's very hard for a young quarterback to be successful when he's got to look over his shoulder every time he makes a mistake. Well, Mitch Trubisky's not looking over his shoulder, is he? Yeah. They just drafted the kid from local. I mean, the dude held a clipboard all last year. He should be grateful anyone's given him an opportunity. Hey, uh, hey, Colorado, if we could get another goal, that would be marvelous. Uh, this just in, no one scored. It's uh, still halftime. 41-38. Take a look at some long shots next. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon. Now to join the action, Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. 52 to 47. Hey, we've actually got a little bit of pace going on in uh, Memphis and Golden State. The Grizzlies with a five-point lead. And uh, when in doubt, need some threes. Get it to Otto Porter or Andrew Wiggins because those guys will hit them for you. 52 to 50 right now. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, as this game has had 23 points in the first four minutes. I told you to take the over, Sean, in the second half. We will see what happens, though. But certainly... Uh, some shots being made, fortunately for anybody, just to watch this game and not fall asleep. But uh, we are starting to see some offense a little bit as a total of 25 points. We've almost seen more points in the third quarter in the first four minutes and change than we did in the entire second quarter. when We had 35 total points. And once again, the second half total uh, closed at 114 and uh, actually closed at 113.5. So steam came in on the under. And right now, you've, you're actually seeing points. Uh, didn't love the end of the period out in Colorado, Sean. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, out in Nashville. As the Predators tied it up. They're headed to the third period. Tied at two in that one. And you've got Calgary on what? The puck line? Yes. Is one to nothing after two periods. First game of that series, 1-0. Second game of that series, 2-0. And then 4-2, a late goal pushed that game over. Total of this game, despite really totals being on a, a overrun, except today we had Pittsburgh, New York go over. Uh, Florida, Washington went under. Nashville, Colorado, depends on how this period plays out. But uh, it's 2-2 two two after two periods. So that is uh, that is where we stand. So... Over the weekend, of course, we saw a stunning long shot in Rich Strike. Who? Rich Strike. Gee whiz. 
80 to 1, depending on when you got it. You could have, I think, here, if you, the paramutual odds closed 80 to 1. So if you were in the paramutual pool, those were the odds you closed with on Rich Strike, the 21 horse who was not in the field until Friday. But if you've played some fixed odds, you could have got it as high as, I think, 200 to 1 here at Circa. That was, I believe, on Friday what it was. And I, I want to say they closed, I don't know, somewhere in the 120 to 1. I think that's what the fixed odds closed at. So regardless, it was a good payday. Long shot to come home. So it got me thinking, Sean, all right, if Rich Strike can do it, mm -hmm. there may be some opportunities out there to win some money. Now, football, especially or more so college football, you, you can't really go that deep. Um, I mean, I guess LSU a couple of years ago won the title. You could have got some decent odds there uh, with that talented team. But for the most part, you know, Alabama, I think, is like almost odds on or plus 150 right now to win the title. However, I do think, Sean, mm -hmm. there is some potential out there in the Heisman market. I agree. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, defending Heisman Trophy winner. Reigning Heisman Trophy winner. He doesn't have to defend it. He already won it. It's not a uh, something he can lose. Are the heavy favorites to win this award? But if we've learned anything from college football over the years, Sean, long shots can come home. This is true, especially in the Heisman Trophy market. So let's take a look at some of the long shots. By the way, if you're wondering, C.J. Stroud plus two fifty. Bryce Young plus 350, Caleb Williams 8 to 1. Who are some of the longer shot guys that are jumping out at you, Sean, when it comes to Heisman Trophy? So I was over here trying to look up something to kind of enhance my argument, and I can't quite find it. So, okay, I'll just go with the argument I was going to give Quinn Oars. Ooh, because we're looking for rich strike, right? We're looking for yep. no one's talking about it, coming out of the clouds. Quinn Owers was the number one rated player in the country. He's from the Dallas, Texas area. He spurned – actually, he might even be from Austin. He might went to Austin-Westlake. He spurned the hometown squad to go to Ohio State. Of course, everybody knows that Stroud is now the unquestioned quarterback there, probably going to be number one pick in the draft. So Quinn Owers – decided to come back to the University of Texas. He has won the starting job. I've been told Hudson Card is just there still so he can get his degree. He wants to graduate with a, a University of Texas degree. I don't blame him. But Quinn Oars will be the starting quarterback. I am going Quinn Oars to win the 2000, and it would be 22 or 23? 22 season, yeah. 2022 Heisman Trophy. And I'm going to double down on that by picking Texas to be the 2022 national champion as well. Steve Sarkeesian, I was trying to look up exactly where they finished in the actual high school football recruiting rankings in 2022. If somebody in the back you know, could look that up for me, that would be tremendous. All the articles I read were kind of before they came out with the final rankings, and I know because of the transfer portal, a lot of people don't put as much emphasis you know, into that as they used to, but in the transfer portal, they've brought in Ryan Watts, a uh, cornerback from Ohio State, Ajaya Hall, wide receiver from Alabama, 
Jaleel Billingsley. These are guys that played for Alabama, tight end from Alabama, and Isaiah Namer, the best football player on the Wyoming team who's been outstanding. Texas probably has, in my opinion, the deepest, most talented running back backfield in any of college football. These guys can really get it. And I think the Big 12 is down. Ohio State just graduated majority of that successful senior class. Oklahoma State. I mean, uh, no, Iowa State. Oh, Iowa State. Iowa I think, State. I think yeah. said Ohio State. No, Iowa right. State. Yeah, Brees yeah. Hall, you mm-hmm. know, the quarterback, you know, the linebacker, Mark all those guys Purdy. left. Oklahoma's in a complete reclamation project. They'll never rebuild it, Oklahoma. They're too good. But Lincoln Riley left, so they, they, they lost their quarterback. They lost a lot of pieces. And, I mean, who else? You know, so I'm sitting here like Texas could be getting really good at the perfect time. So, I'm going out on a limb before it becomes popular. Texas will win the 2022 national title. Quinn Ewers will win the 2022 Heisman Trophy. I'm going to steal a phrase from my good friend, Sean King. No shot. Just saying. <laughs> Let me look up that. Let me look up that. Story. By the way, if you like, uh, you know, it's interesting. Always, as we always say, shop around. Bijan Robinson. He's a baller. At I didn't even mention DraftKings is 18 to 1 to win the Heisman. Here in town at the Westgate Superbook, he's 80 to 1. So always uh, always be shopping. Texas, as you are looking for, uh, the 247 recruiting rankings, they finished fifth in the country. Fifth. So, I knew they were high. Top five. And guess what Texas gets? Because this is one of the things that I knew they would need to get. They get Al- they open the season with Alabama? No, they open with University of Louisiana Monroe, okay. which is great. Get some of the kinks out, get a chance to get out. You know, iron out a few things, and then they get Alabama. Where? Uh, I'm sure it's a neutral game. No, I think that's a home and home. Really? Yeah. That would be new for Alabama. It says. I think it's at Texas. Yeah, it says DKR. Yeah. Woo! That'd be a fun one. You know, the last time they had a big early season game LSU? like that. Texas is back! No, no, no. No, I'm no. talking about the Notre Dame game. No. And they played, I know. I know they, they, played, they played LSU I the year they, they won the uh, national you know, Joe title. Burrow. They were in the game. They were winning the game. And Joe Burrow, we, this is before we all knew that he was going to be Joe Burrow. That was a hell of a game. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Really good game. Um, and then Texas won like six games. Yeah, year. but I'm just telling you, it sets up for Texas. It does. Alabama will win by 24. Alabama's ridiculous this year. They are. But but if, but if, if it's if a long not, shot. Yes. That's the segment. And if they're competitive in that game, let's just say they lose yeah. on the last second second field goal. The and they run the table. Sure. I mean. So I'm just going to bring up some names. Okay. I want to talk things out because we're looking for the rich strike in the Heisman Trophy yes, race. Yes, we are. Malik Cunningham. From Louisville? From Louisville. I love him. Malik Cunningham coming back. He's got a new offensive coordinator. Lance Taylor comes in uh, from Notre Dame. Threw for about 3,000 yards last year. Ran for 1,000. Mm-hmm. As we have seen in recent memory, a Louisville quarterback has the capabilities of winning a Heisman Trophy. Lamar you, Jackson. You don't have to win the national championship. Yep. You can find Malik Cunningham. At DraftKings, he's 50-1. to 1. At Westgate, he's 80-1. to 1. Mm-hmm. There are some high-profile games on the Louisville schedule. If they get off to a good start, Sean, where they play some manageable games. They go to the bounce house on a Friday night early in the season. If they win that game, let's say they are sitting in a decent spot. They end the season at Clemson, home to NC State preseason top 15 team at Kentucky. Malik Cunningham has the potential 
to have some high-profile games. I love Malik Cunningham. 80 to 1. We're looking for the rich strike. Some more thoughts on the Heisman race and maybe some MVP chatter as well the nightcap. This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Spring Special, it's here, folks. For only 59 bucks, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it. That includes Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets, Jonathan Von Tobel, he's got you covered all the way through the NBA Finals. I believe his best bet today on VEASAN.com, Memphis plus 10.5. Andy McNeil breaking down all the action all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Don't worry, we still have NFL preseason coverage, not to mention best bets of golf, UFC, USFL. Yeah, that's still going on. And NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, daily best bet emails, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, all our betting tools, live videos, stream. Excuse me. The cost is only 59 bucks. Be a subscriber through July 31st. VEASAN.com slash spring. It is an ICAP here on VEASAN. For some reason, the Colorado Avalanche can't put away the Nashville Predators. It's 2-2 two to two, heading into the third period. It's my uh, sweat going on here. I've got, I probably should hedge off of it, Sean. But I'm just being stubborn now. Oh, you're good. Colorado. Need Colorado to take care of business here. The money line is uh, minus 210. Nashville plus 155 in-game right now. 2-2. Two to two. Third period underway. I've got Colorado took it after game one to sweep the series at plus 140. Calgary and Dallas. Sean's got Calgary, what, on the run line? Or puck, puck line. line, excuse me, run line. Well, I've got Calgary just to win straight up okay. to finish out a parlay. Yeah, with the Panthers. But I have a straight bet on them on the puck line. Remember the one I did in game. So I'd like them to go ahead and get this to 2-0 and 3-0. I mean – but it is what it is. So back to you. All right. So I really like the Malik Cunningham call. So we're we're looking for the rich strike of right now college football. We're going to get to the NFL here in just a moment. So who's that long shot, that eighty to one play that could potentially come home? And me personally, I know Sean, you think maybe Texas is live. They got Week Two showdown in Alabama. I just don't uh, because I just think in the in the playoff era, it's just so hard to get through that playoff. But I think the Heisman Trophy is up for grabs. I, I don't. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds. It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning. It's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, 
how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. I'll say this. I don't think it's really going on a limb. I'm going to say CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. I'll take the field. Can I take the field against the two favorites? They'll probably have great years, but it's just we don't normally see a wire-to-wire. Baker Mayfield is the exception. Outside of Baker Mayfield, we rarely see the preseason favorite win the Heisman Trophy. I love Malik Cunningham at 50-1. to Like I like. And, by the way, you could get it at better odds. Yeah. I think at 80-1 to here in town. I like Quinn Ewers because of the team component. I don't think Louisville has a good enough team to win the ACC, but – for some context for those listening and watching, in 2021, Malik Cunningham completed 62% of his passes. He threw for just shy of 3,000 yards. So he ended the year with 2,941 yards, 19 touchdowns, and six picks. You say that's unimpressive. However, he rushed for 1,031 yards and 20 touchdowns. So he was 60 or 59 yards away from throwing for 3,000 and running for 1,000. If he can duplicate that and just get slight uptick in his touchdown pass total, get to the mid to high 20s, I mean, that's Heisman-type production. 3,028 touchdowns passing, another 1,020 touchdowns running. Ah, you know, I think that's that 50, 80 to 1, like depending on where you got it. I mean, that's legit. I'm, I'm betting to come. I mean, Queen Ewers has not started a college football game. Right. You know, so, I mean, I would definitely take Malik Cunningham, you know, at that value over yours. So, Malik Cunningham, 50 to 1 at DraftKings. You can find it as high as 80 to 1 I've seen out there currently uh, at Westgate. So, I think that's interesting because of the running component, you know, the ability to get over 1,000 yards on the ground and multiple touchdowns. This next option doesn't run, but his stats last year were terrific. Mm-hmm. Everybody's back outside of a key offensive lineman. And that is Devin Leary for NC State. He's at 150-1 to to win the Heisman Trophy right now at DraftKings. This is a really intriguing option. Some of the way-too-early preseason top 10s have him have NC State as a top 10 team. They bring back eight starters on offense, nine starters on defense. Once again, they lose Ike Aquanu, so their left tackle is gone. So that's that's a big loss there. But Devin Leary, for a team that went 9-3 and three last year, Sean, and had their bowl game canceled because of COVID. They were out in uh, San Diego. Their game got canceled. They went 9-3. and three. Mm-hmm. He threw for 3,400 yards, 35 touchdowns, only five picks, completed 66% of his passes. In the spring game, threw for 355. This feels like this is his season. So looking at the NC State schedule, is there an opportunity? Is there a showcase game out there? October 1st, they go to Clemson. If they go to Clemson and beat Clemson on the road, I think that projects him to a pretty high level uh, of notoriety if he's throwing these big numbers out there. So if we're once again... If we're looking for the rich strike of college football, a team that Mark Schlabaugh of ESPN has top 10. You know, I was shooting text messages with Brad Powers. He said he took Leary at 300 to 1. Wow. That doesn't exist anymore, but you could get it as high as 150 to 1. I think if you're looking for the rich strike, a veteran team that went 9-3 and last year, 
in a conference that is good but not great, has a couple high-profile games, plays a Big 12 team at home in Texas Tech week three who certainly doesn't play any defense, Sean, so you get some big numbers there, but it's Texas Tech. You go to Clemson. You go to Louisville. You wrap up the season Black Friday against UNC. At 150-1, to I think it's intriguing. With everybody that's coming back, I'd rather bet Devin Leary than Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina. I'd rather bet Devin Leary, no offense, Aaron, but I'd rather bet him than Little Tua at Maryland, even though they have a phenomenal uh, wide receiver core there at Maryland. So I think NC State has a legit opportunity to win the ACC this year. And if he could put up 4,000 passing yards at 151, our lucky strike here, I think Devin Leary's an intriguing option. No chance. <laughs> I would say this. I was all in on your... Um... I would say this, Sean. Devin Leary has a better chance to win the Heisman Trophy than Quinn Ewers. No shot. Leary has no shot. Quinn Ewers has no shot. No, no, Quinn has a shot. Why? Because you don't know what he's capable of. Like, I've seen Devin Leary play. Like, he's a solid college quarterback, but that's it. No one's going to watch him play and think Heisman. Even though he's on a really good team, and I do agree with everything else you said about NC State and where they sit, I still think Clemson's trying to figure out where do they exist in this NIL climate and environment. So I think there's some uneasiness, you know, there in South Carolina. You told, me, to know. you told me Rich Strike had no shot on Friday. I didn't speak to you about Rich Strike. He yes, wasn't in the race. Yes, you did. No, no. Yeah, we talked about him. I, so listen, I, fi- I figured out, I thought my Heisman snub was a travesty. I just figured out a greater <laughs> Heisman travesty as you were talking. You know, let me see him clear this puck. Okay, they cleared the puck. Okay, now I can go back to looking at you. Think about this. Lamar Jackson, because I wanted to look up what Lamar had to do at Louisville to actually win the Heisman. And keep me on the two shot so I can talk to Tom. Oh, he won the Heisman like by week. He won it in 2016. Yeah, he won it by like week He eight. threw for 3,543 yards and 30 touchdowns and ran for 1,571 yards and 21 touchdowns. Did you look up your stats? No. Oh. <laughs> this was crazy. He won it as a sophomore. Yeah. He came back as a junior and threw for 3,660 yards and 27 touchdowns and 1,601 yards and 18 touchdowns. And I was like, how in the hell did he not win back-to-back? Baker Mayfield. Over his numbers. Uh, He threw for 4,643 touchdowns. Pretty good. But that's what everybody in Oklahoma threw for. So that wasn't like a standout season. What did Louisville do in 2013? Were they any good? I didn't look up the team. I stats. Yeah, I didn't you, have time. You can't play for the. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. Hey. So I take back everything I said about Malik Cullen. He got work to do. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he got. He has work to do. He got a lot of work to do. Man, thirty-five hundred yards and thirty touchdowns passing, sixteen hundred yards and twenty-one touchdowns rushing. <laughs> that was Lamar Jackson's Heisman Trophy stats that year. So. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, the crazy thing about him that year, Sean, was that he basically wrapped the the Heisman Trophy up by, like, early November. Was that when they beat Florida State, like, in a national TV game? Yeah, 63 to 20. They lost as the number three team in the country at home to Houston, then lost to Kentucky. Wow. And then lost their bowl game. There was no shot he was winning the next year. The following year. He had even better numbers the next year. The following year, they went eight and four. Crazy. Come on, Calgary. All right. Nashville scored. Why can they not get the... Ah! Unbelievable. Nashville's going to beat Colorado. All right. Unbelievable. Hopefully, 
Calgary's going on the power play. And I can get a run in the Rays game. Come on, first and second, two outs, let's go. Base hit. All right, we'll talk to Patrick Everson. How many people had Rich strike? He probably has the answers for us. It's the nightcap here on VC. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.